Okay, guys, welcome to another episode of Crypto Sense Podcast. This is Carlton CO2 Owens. I'm finally back at my desk. I know the past few shows here and there, I've been moving around in the, in the mobile studio, you know, because we have a couple of different studios. The mobile studio, i.e. the car, is where I'm able to record a lot of content. But today, I'm able to actually be at my desk. So I'm trying out a couple of different things on audio uh, from the laptop. So... I hope all is well with you guys and having a fantastic uh, week so far. And today I wanted to just do a quick preview slash intro to a very interesting interview that I recorded last week with a young man by the name of Michael uh, that represents Terraform. That's T-E-R-R-A-F-O-R-M. Uh, we had some really, really great dialogue that I wanted to share in today's show. Um, pretty intense, but really straightforward interview where we talked about how blockchain technology is able to be capitalized through the new financial, um, let's just call it the traditional financial investment, but in a different way when it comes to how it engages with cryptocurrency and blockchain technology so before we dive into today's show let's first give it up to our sponsors CoinSeed is an app that allows you to invest in cryptocurrency all by using your pocket change if you have any any issues with trying to invest in cryptocurrency the best way to start is to just plug in with this app it allows you to link your debit and credit card up and start building your cryptocurrency empire go over to the show notes to grab the link so you can start investing today Encrypted Apparel is the flyest cryptocurrency clothing line in the business. It allows you to stay fly, be fly, and cryptocurrency conscious all in the all at the same time. I call it the trifecta. And um, you can do that by going over to their website at wearencrypted.com. That's W-E-A-R encrypted.com. There you'll be able to load up that cart with some fly merch and also get a pretty good discount when, when you use crypto sense as your coupon code that's c-r-y-p-t-o-c-e-n-t-z all one word all right last but not least is you guys you know who you are the ones that continue to listen to the show allow us to enter into your your headphones when you're at the gym or if you're stuck in the middle of traffic uh rush hour traffic getting to and fro from from your meetings or work you guys also sponsor the show with your ears, and now you have the opportunity to help sponsor the show with your pocketbook with as little as 99 cents. And we don't take cents lightly here, i.e. the, the name of the show, Crypto Cents. So um, any type of help, any type of support that can help us to continue to put out content and get us closer to our dream of being full-time podcasters. We really appreciate it. So for the many people who have already pushed that support button, we thank you. If you're on the fence, hey, I'm telling you, every little bit counts, and we really would appreciate your help. So push that support button if you're on the Anchor app, which is where we keep all our content and host. But if you're listening to us via uh, iTunes, uh, uh, Apple Podcasts, or any of the other 12 different outlets that we actually um, put put content out on you can just click the last link in the show notes and it'll take you right in all right so cool that's it um we want to make sure we kept the plate spinning and the rent paid with the sponsorship post but let's dive back into what i want to talk about today or, or what we're going to be 
going over in the interview. So as you guys know, blockchain technology is a new technology, but we also know it's something that's going to change the world. And so when you get an opportunity to hear about projects that are helping to um, bridge that gap between what's actually going on right now and what the future may look like, you get excited. So I got very excited about this project, Terraform, and had a chance to talk with Mike, Michael more about it. And uh, essentially, it's a it's a way in which hedge funds and uh, if you want to even say venture capital, private equity, all these things, uh, which we already know about, are starting to um, create new mechanisms to be able to invest in blockchain technology. So with his platform, it's actually an investment company that invests in blockchain technology. And if you want to say cryptocurrency, and we'll, we'll talk more about that and uh, you hear more about how that's defined when you listen to the interview. So check it out. All right. Segment two, you'll get a chance to hear Mike and myself uh, talk about this new platform and, and talk about this new world of blockchain technology investing. So hold tight. Don't move a muscle. Segment two is coming right up. Okay. Hey, Mike, you there? Yes, sir. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule. You guys are definitely making some history over on your end of the world, and we're excited to have you on the show. Uh, so just want to first thank you for you know taking the time out. Well, thank you very much for having me and for your interest. Yes, yes. So I've had a chance to um, just let the audience know that this show would be coming up and we're all excited about hearing about the platform. And so I just want to just dive right into this. There's so much to cover. And I guess the first thing is just give us a, a 30,000 foot view of what, uh, Terraform is what, you know, what, what problem is it solving and just you know, give us a little bit of background of yourself as well. Absolutely, and I thank you for the opportunity. So Terraform is uh, its a mixture. It's For all intents and purposes, it's a hedge fund that invests primarily in the blockchain and crypto uh, spaces. Uh, we have the ability to, uh, to source you know, new and emerging technologies in these fields all over the world uh, and be able to bring them home to our investors. And the problem that we're solving here is <clears throat> that I guess I could take you back, you know, 20, 25 years ago when Internet 1.0 uh, came about. The, the United States government, uh, in some great moments of lucidity and clarity, um, and that's not a political statement, it just is what it is, <clears throat> excuse me, um, passed some really good laws that kept the brain trust of the Internet, uh, which created companies like your Microsoft and your Intels and all the companies that we know today, the Apples, that, that kept those companies here in the focus in the United States. Mm. But what we're seeing right now is that with what's going on with, with blockchain technologies and the, the global proliferation of blockchain technologies, and we can get into that in a bit, <clears throat> but these opportunities uh, that are going to create the next wave of tech titans are not necessarily domiciled in the United States. They're all over the world because you have different uh, governments 
that tend to be embracing these type of uh, uh, these type of technologies uh, at a at a faster and different uh, rate and viewpoint than say the American government is currently. So, whereas for the most part, people still think of uh, a technology startup in the United States as you know three twenty-four year olds in dad's garage with ten thousand dollars. In the blockchain space right now, the the your startups are state-backed ventures that start out with $100 million in the bank. Uh, and they're, they're run by people who have run institutions such as NATO or some of the largest banks in Europe. So the opportunities to really to help this blockchain um, idea take hold and really become the new paradigm for how we look at security in this world, uh, those great opportunities, some of them are here in the United States, but some of them are not. And with my background and the background of my team, we are positioned to be, as you put it, relieve the pain of people who are searching for these investments. Uh, we have the relationships. Uh, we've been around the world many times uh, throughout our careers and specifically related to these industries uh, since their inception. Wow. So um, it sounds to me that blockchain is not just something that is disrupting the world as it pertains to the economies and, and and the flow of information, but it also seems to be a conduit of being able to disrupt, as you said earlier, like the brain trust of, of just trying to decentralize access to um, people who have you know certain intelligence, people who have certain uh, access to ideas that are just in need of funding. Is, is, is that basically what I'm getting with with the destructuring of, um, you know, what you all are doing? Well, it's not just funding. You're also talking about forging political relationships and having laws evolve that embrace things. For instance, you know, to look into a different subject, but I think an appropriate metaphor here in the United States, there is a conscious shift in the United States towards the full legalization of cannabis and marijuana. Yes. And... And so we can see this happening right around us. Some states, some of the 41 states have legalized some version of it. Nine states have not. But it's still illegal on a federal level. So you have essentially 50 regional economies that are, that are trying to address a new, a, a new legal market. But marijuana has been the largest cash crop in the United States for the last 40 years. So as states come online, uh, and, and proper politicians get involved and they enact laws. And when you look at, you know, California did $3 billion in, in legal marijuana business for the, um, in 2018, but still $6 billion in illegal. As of the paradigm shift, you're going to see a lot of new tax dollars, a lot of new, re- lot of new revenue, and a lot of things coming online that will help forge new industry and new sets of rules and, and whatnot. Um, and the same thing is taking place with the technology with the world of blockchain, because and I think it's important to, to, to separate or bifurcate the world of cryptocurrencies and the world of blockchain. Because cryptocurrencies are a marvelous thing. Bitcoin was an incredible invention. Um, and, and what it has done is truly democratized capital. It is really, in its true essence, has removed the middleman, which is disruptive. Um, and a lot of governments have problems with it that you know, they're no longer fully in control over the finances of their countries. But you now have people that don't need governments or financial institutions to transact on a peer-to-peer basis. 
And this removes a lot of red tape. It helps a lot of things uh, move forward, but it also creates some issues. And these issues have put cryptocurrencies in the crosshairs of, of uh, regulators around the world. Blockchain, however, is simply a new understanding and it's not incredibly difficult, but it's a new understanding of how security is, is kept, how security is maintained, and, and how we look at it. it. The old version used to be that security was Fort Knox. It was uh, the thing that was valuable, was kept under a heavy locking key. Very few people knew about it. But if you were able to find a way to get to it, you had your way with it. Um, but now... With blockchain, security is everybody knowing the truth, and the truth can be coded in numbers and whatnot, but everybody knows it. So unless you can corrupt 50.1% of everybody that knows it, you're out of luck. And until quantum computing comes online, which is going to be at least 10 to 15 years from now, you have a, a really solid shift in how security is understood. And this is going to create, uh, again, just new paradigms for how – how we look at things. And if I can give you a quick, for instance, if you'll uh, allow me an anecdote, uh, the shipping company Maersk, one of the largest shipping container companies yeah. in the world, they recently gave IBM a $100 million contract to develop their own blockchain network because from a, from a uh, Maersk ship, one single shipping container to go from point A to point B requires 200 individual signatures and clearances. 200 which to, uh, right now is done via manual signatures and paper. Um, but if you can take that and put it onto a blockchain so the entire thing is digitized and streamlined, you're talking about not only saving hundreds of millions of dollars annually in just costs, but you're already looking at in hundreds of millions of dollars of labor hours, of, of person hours that are taken off the table and can be reallocated. So the benefits are, are innumerable. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I spent a lot of time on the show trying to get the audience as well as just the general public to make the distinction between cryptocurrency and blockchain technology because there's been so much of an overshadowing, you know, I think with, you know, Bitcoin and, and other, let's say, financial currencies, and that has kind of just been blanketed over as being, oh, well, let's blockchain too and and to an extent yes but blockchain technology as you said earlier is something that has uh such it's it's such a disruptive force and in so many words it's the internet 2.0 or it's another way in which we can be able to um you know uh, have a uh system when it comes to security and how information flows and how everything is kind of put together. Absolutely. And as we transition, you know, the, the first iteration of the internet is really the age of information. You know, it's putting everything that humanity has ever learned, putting it online and making it accessible to people. Now we're, we're at the next level. We're at the age of value. We're, we're now taking all that information and we're, we're now figuring out new ways to save both time and money and increase benefits for the time and toilet took to put all that stuff there and be able to use it in smarter and better ways. And that's what blockchain does. And again, because blockchain is simply a, a new understanding of security, it doesn't represent a systemic threat to governments related to their fiat currencies. 
So, so governments are more willing to, even China has been extremely willing to embrace blockchain, but they've been very restrictive on cryptocurrencies. So it, it, it makes the case. So, but also all too often, because this is a very, still very new technology, I, mean, I think the, um, I was looking at a study the other day that showed that uh, there's still only 13.2 million Bitcoin holders around the world. That is a paltry, paltry number. It's, I, 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 I mean, it's a, it was a qualified study, and I think the number still has to be low. But even so, when you look at how many, you know, for people like you and I who are in this every day, we, we are familiar with the terms. But uh, when you look at the places, you know, they say America is that place you fly over between uh, California and New York. Um, when you look at places like, you know, Iowa and Nebraska, your everyday person uh, there doesn't have, uh, it doesn't affect their lives. So they don't have cause to know about it. And I think you're, when you're really going to find mass consumer adoption, when people can start seeing the real effects of blockchain in their daily life, how does this make my life better? And when they have a tangible result, then it really starts to drive things home. Exactly. And then also, also, Mike, uh, the, not only that, but just even the optics. Like, for example, uh, just with what you all are doing with just just something as simple as uh, hedge funds, hedge funds functioning within the crypto space. You know, a lot of people understand and can process what a hedge fund is or what a, you know, mutual fund is. You know, some of these more traditional terms and being able to infuse that into this new, you know, ways, this new industry of blockchain technology slash crypto space, it just makes the friction a little bit less because, you know, people are going to hang on to the fact that, oh, yes, all right, so like a hedge fund, okay, yeah, that's, I, I can wrap my mind around that. So it's, it's really cool to, um, you know, see that. So when it comes to, when it comes to the investment side, walk me through a little bit in terms of what, Terraform looks at as it pertains to investments, you know, what are the things that you all truly evaluate to try to make a decision as to if it's a green light or yellow light or a red light? <laughs> that's, a, that's a great question, um, uh, Carlton, and it's actually far more relevant than you possibly know. Uh, and that's because when you get to new technologies, new technologies are typically championed by younger minds. It's just the way it is. Uh, I think, you know, it's when, uh, uh, we, you know, when you look at any of the major, you know, it's uh, how old was Bill Gates when he started Microsoft and uh, Sergey for Google. <clears throat> These people are typically in their early 20s because they're at the cutting edge of where they are and, and that's good. And when they look at new technologies and what it can do, they, they look at all the possibilities, but sometimes um, it takes, <laughs> if you forgive me, a little bit of gray hair, uh, yes. to to maintain a focus on on how new technology intersects with traditional lines of business. And that, if you recall, in the, in the first iteration of the Internet, there were a lot more Internet tech companies than anything that said that they're doing tech um, got millions of dollars thrown at it. But a lot of the times, they weren't focused on a bottom line, right? And so when you have people, you know, my background is 25 years of investment banking and corporate finance. And I, I, I often joke that, you know, the reason that I know how to duck from a punch to the face is because I've been, hit in the, I've been punched in the face about a hundred times. Um, so if, yeah. 
when you when you get traditional bankers looking at new technologies, we can kind of sift through and say, okay, this is a great technology, but how does it translate to actual bottom line? And how do we get paid for the services? Because no matter what we're doing in technology, even even um, algorithms need to be run at some point in time by a human touch. And humans need to be paid for their work because we have to eat and sleep and, and have a life. So having traditional bankers with a fundamental understanding of this technology and how it came about and where it's going to be going and having uh, a vision for where that is, is a powerful combination. And it has returned some very good, uh, has provided some really good returns for our investors. Yes, that is that is fantastic. And, you know, it's, it's pretty cool just to hear your process because it's not like, you know, people get so intimidated by just having dialogue about cryptocurrency and blockchain technology. So it's refreshing to hear you talk through the process and make it so palatable in a way where people can really wrap their minds around it and say, okay, well, he's, he's really doing, you know, he's following you know, age-old, uh, time-tested fundamentals, and but but still at the same time being flexible and agile when it comes to trying to evaluate like new technologies and how to invest in them. So that's actually pretty cool, you know, to hear that. Really, really cool. Uh, Thank you. It is because it's the, you know the cautionary tale of the internet age is, yeah, the internet age created a lot of millionaires and even a lot of billionaires. But I dare say that there are a lot more people who lost money in the internet age than, than gain money, at least, you know, for looking the, for the sky, the high, uh, sky high investments that they were looking for. There were some quite fantastic, uh, implosions, um, 20 years ago. Yeah. You know, it, it feels, it feels very, this is probably a great segue. Um, it feels very reminiscent of what is maybe going on right now with, the decline of like the ICO market because I remember and you also remember this time, late nineties when we had the run up with the you know the tech boom and bust and in a way what's happened in the past couple of years with the run up with especially with the ICO market um, and you know, so much cash and so much money flowing into those particular you know flowing into that market. And now it's it's in a lot of ways become extremely quiet, and it's very reminiscent of what we what what we experienced in the late nineties. And so that being said, when you look at the future of crypto and blockchain, and how you all are able to navigate the the present going into the future, how how does it look? In your opinion, uh, you know, in terms of how companies are going to be able to get funded, uh, you know, how deals are going to be evaluated, and and how you all are going to navigate those waters by you know, finding those those opportunities in the future. Well, Carlton, I really appreciate questions like this because it, I think it, it it can really do a really good service to your audience. Um, in that, if there is there are several inexorable truths to uh, to economics and finance, and one that I have found always is that you never make money in how you sell something. You make you make money in how you buy it, and yes. so how you invest in these companies is going to really be the determining factor over whether or not you're going you're going to get out with your skin intact. 
for instance, um, you know, we do not typically invest in ICOs at all because ICOs are non-dilutive equity, so to speak. And I realize that may be some jargon that is uh, maybe somewhat um, you know, pigeonholing me in the world of finance, but what it means is that when when you buy a, a token, you're 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 buying a unit of, of implied value, but there is the, the it is so new you have to look at the moral hazard of it because yeah. when you own that token you have no rights. If you buy a share of stock, well, there's the Securities and Exchange Commission, and you have rights as a shareholder. You have the right to vote. You have the right to see the finances. You have the right to do all these things to make sure that you are not being cheated. And those rights don't exist in the world of ICOs. So people need to be very careful about how they look at these things. And then another great um, example that I find is most of the technology companies in the crypto world are using agreements called safe or, safe or SAFT agreements, all right, uh, which is uh, for future tokens or future equity, right? And we never invest in these types of agreements either because if you read through them, uh, they don't mandate that the people that you're investing your money with do exactly what they say they're going to do with the money. They can do exactly, essentially whatever they want with the money. It's very reminiscent in the 1980s when Drexel Burnham was issuing highly confident letters to their investors and you're able to do things like Barbarian at the Gates or you're able to get companies that were 90-day-year-old startups buying billion-dollar, 100-year-old companies because people were just throwing blind pools of money at them and hoping it would work out. So there is a great moral hazard to a lot of these new types of investments. And again, that's why when you look at what Terraform is doing, we use a traditional banking lens and we use, you know, we use uh, rules and regulations that are based in you know, hundred years, hundreds of years of, you know, trying not to get, you know, trying to do it safely um, to be able to navigate the new waters of technology. So it, there is a balance to be had, you know, you say there's no such thing as balance. There's only balancing, but finding the right company to put your money in and then finding the right vehicle to place their money into that company is an equally daunting task. Yes, yes, yes. It is definitely daunting. And, and it's just amazing to hear how all the pieces fit in the puzzle. And I mean, it's just an exciting time. I, I, you know, I hear the enthusiasm in your voice and probably hearing in my voice well it's just an amazing and exciting time because it's almost like um, the best way I can describe it is if you had a chance to go back into let's say the 1920s when the industrial age was starting and you knew took the words out of my mouth you took the words out of my mouth and you knew all the things that were going to eventually come online or come into play and it's like and you see it happening and, you know, you're looking around, and you're looking for others to also, you know, give you the nod to say that they're also seeing it happening. But the reality is that, you know, the mass, you know, the mass population still, still, they, they still don't see it, you know. And so uh, having, having you, uh, you all and, and what you all are doing as a vanguard to, to usher this in is just exciting, and it just, you know, I'm I'm just really, you know, excited about hearing more, seeing how things are going to progress with you all. So, you know, definitely. What? How can um, you know, the audience learn more about your, 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 your platform and what you all are doing? Of course, you have a website, 
and you know I'll put all that in the show notes. Is any other things that they can be able to to tap into to you know learn more about what what you guys are doing? Well, it's interesting. The um, we we are typically a friends and family fund, uh, meaning that we we don't usually advertise. Um, the um, my uh, partners and I have been. Uh, very fortunate that um, we're at a place in our lives where we get to do business with people that we like to do business with, people with not people that we have to do business with. Um, so it affords us the, um, the ability to control a lot of the metrics uh, that we're working with and, and, and be able to uh, you know, bring opportunities to the people that, that, uh, that we've worked with in the past and, and done good things. But um, you know, certainly our, uh, our website is there and people can log on and they can take a look at, at what we're doing and they can certainly make inquiries. Um, and, uh, and, and again, we're, we're happy to help because, uh, I think you, you know, you really touched on something, Carlton, which is, it's not just, you're right. This, this is on the same scale and magnitude as an industrial revolution. But one of the things that I just, I feel very fortunate about is, um, you know, we already had one of these in our lifetimes, which was the internet 1.0. And, you know, generations can go by without ever having seen an opportunity like that. We're getting two in the span of 25 years. And that is, it's remarkable. And so, and, and the thing is, is that you don't have to be the expert on it. You simply have to have an open mind to it. And funds like Terraform, um, these are not investments for the bulk of people's assets. These are investments for... Uh, a small percentage of people's assets. People, you know, it's also you know, people have to maintain some level of sanity. And people, you know, everybody gets gold fever and they want to uh, they want to go, you know, dig for the nuggets in the mountains. Um, but it's it's the mentality of selling the pits and the ashes where you're you know, being the new Levi Strauss of this digital age that's really going to do it. But and and doing so, uh, you know, in moderation. You know, not 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 betting the farm on something that's speculative, but taking a reasonable percentage of, of what you can put at risk and then finding the smartest home for that to take advantage of it. That's really where your, your uh, tactical ground is covered. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Wow, Mike, this has been an amazing, amazing talk. We definitely got to get you back on the show uh, to give us some updates and just, you know, talk, talk more. I, I love the way you think. I love what you guys are doing and, um, you know, we definitely got to get you back on just to be able to just to excite the audience because this is the kind of dialogue uh, where we're able to really deep dive and talk about and hit on a lot of different topics that surrounding, you know, the social, economic, uh, even the political of uh, what's happening. And so uh, we definitely got to get you back on the show. Uh, you know, hopefully we can do that you know, sooner than later. <clears throat> Well, I greatly appreciate it. It's been uh, it's certainly been a privilege to be on your show, Carlton, and uh, it is podcasts like this that that serve the greater good. Uh, that they they're you know we're joined in the fight. I mean, the, the answer to everybody's uh, I think the solution to to all of this is global adoption. You know, we want to see blockchain become the prevalent force of how security is understood in this world, and looking at all the changes that come intended and unintended because sometimes your most profitable ventures come from the unintended consequences of new uh, of new technologies and your stopgap measures if you look back when we made the transition from cassette, cassette tapes to digital music everybody knew that compact discs that cds were going to be a stopgap technology 
but billions were still made over the course of the 20 years that it took from transfer from cassettes to fully digital music. Um, and the same thing applies in this case also. And podcasts like yours to help educate the, the more people so more people can participate in this, it provides a very valuable service. So I'm grateful to be here. Yes, well, thank you so much again. And just on a closing note, because you said something about the cassette and the CDs, uh, funny enough, I, I uh, recently rented a vehicle, and um, and it was the first time that I've gotten into a, fee- a vehicle that I rented and consciously looked around at how the audio was set up and realized that there wasn't any CD, uh, you know, any place to insert a CD or cassette, it was all based on the the ability to stream from your phone or Bluetooth. And that that is cool. just you know, just a, a way to kinda of highlight how, you know, we can start one way but as things progress and things continue, you know, uh it it is gonna be massively adopted, you know, at some point. So you know, so we're here. Yep, and it's the silliest things that become billion dollar ideas. I mean Heinz ketchup was invented because at the time, at the time it was made, everybody was most of the meat you bought at the markets was already spoiled because there was no refrigeration. And people were coming up with new types of uh, sauces to dip their cooked spoiled meat into so they could actually just get it down and chew it. Uh, and now we have ketchup. So it's uh, when you look at the unintended consequences of things, there's billions to be made there, and that's what that's what we, that's what my partners and I go around the world searching for. That is fantastic. Well, Mike, thank you so much. I know you're a busy guy, so we're going to let you go now. But thank you once again for coming on the show, and I look forward to talking to you in the near future. Colton, thank you, and thank you, listeners. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Cheers. Cheers. Wow, wow, wow. That was an amazing interview. Mike was dropping so many jewels, so much content, so much information, so much dialogue. I wish we had some more time to really dive even deeper in some of the the um, trends and things that are happening. But as you can see, you know, this thing is not just about dollars and cents and about just investing in some regular company or some regular concept. This is really having a forward um, thinking, forward eye to the future and how mass adoption is, is, is happening with blockchain and cryptocurrency. It's happening in so many different ways. And even this happening in our traditional, you know, financial services, financial systems, you know, something as as, as common as everyone knows as a hedge fund or investment um asset management or uh, venture capital or private equity all these things are, are terms that we've become familiar with through to traditional finance traditional investing and banking and so forth these 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 instruments now are being used in a more creative way to be able to capitalize on blockchain and cryptocurrency so i uh, just want to shout out mike again thank you so much for coming on the show well, we look for we definitely going to get him back on the show. Of course, if you have any more questions or if you want to learn more about the platform, make sure you go over to the website. I'll have all that posted in the show notes. All right. So that's it for today, guys. And uh, you know, make sure you guys continue to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram 
as soon as I post something, it goes right there. You can also hit us up in the DM uh, to get more uh, answers to questions or if you have any any um, show ideas or some projects that you're looking at that you want me to talk about, make sure you hit me up in IG or just hit us up on um, info at cryptosense.com. All right. So until next time. Oh, and one last thing. If you have somebody out there, too, that wants to learn more about cryptocurrency and blockchain technology, make sure you share the show and also subscribe to what we have going on here because we just try to figure out how to get more and more of the word out there. So once again, stay plugged in with what we're doing. Until next time, holla back.